Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I feel like for some reason I just want to share things I've bought recently with you because I feel like kind of a random list. And I was just like looking at my... I don't know, inventory of new items this weekend. And I was just like, this is so literally random, but I am, and I have said this before, I feel like I am the most easily influenced person to buy things. You are quite. Please target me. Like I am your (laughs) ideal shopper. (laughs) I love targeted content. (laughs) I love being served up what I want. I have now, as I've gotten older, have definitely let things sit in my cart for a lot longer. But so I feel like that's what this is. This is a culmination of, I decided to pull the trigger on things that I've waited on for a really long time. And so I want to tell you about them. Shoot. Tell me what you bought recently. Okay. Well, so I asked for another pair of Rothy tennis shoes for my birthday and I got them. They're the black ones. I have the white pair with the Navy stripe. I've had those for, I think two years at this point. I'm obsessed And then Rothy's held their first ever sale, like ever. Their flats, specifically the pointed ones, were $50 off, which they've never had that sale before. And I've been eyeballing just a standard, regular black pair of flats for a really long time and just haven't done it. Sometimes I feel like even getting a good staple that it's like a waste of money to get. Like I hate spending money on like just a pair of black shoes. So I'm like, but I could get leopard or I could get polka dot or whatever, but I already have leopard ones. And so they're the loafers though. So anyways, I went ahead and did it. And I mean, I love them. Like I love all of my Rothy's. I now have one, two, three, I have five pair of Rothy's and I'm obsessed with them. I could probably go down to just Rothy's and then like a couple of boots and I would be fine. I still cannot undo the trauma of ballerina flats, Uh, specifically for those of you who like were not a big drinker in college, but you never wanted to miss a moment because for fear of FOMO. And so I can't tell you how many times I literally walked two, three, four plus miles in ballerina flats 
in the rain at 2 a.m. And I can't just, I can't undo the smell, the stench Mm -hmm. that comes Mm -hmm. from soaking wet ballerinas. I I totally hear you. Um, (laughs) I I know you love them and I know you can wash them. I get it. And they're washable. And so if you do that 2 a.m. drunk walk, you can just throw them in the wash. (laughs) I did, however, and this is a PSA for everyone. I accidentally, I made a rookie Rothy mistake. I accidentally dried my other pointed flats. I have them in like a mint color. Do they shrink? They shrink. So oh, when you ooh. wash them, you're supposed to, no, I did not dry them. I washed them on hot. Oh. I forgot to change the setting. Cause I was like, I would never throw them in the dryer. Like, come on. But I washed them on hot and they came out and they were just like, like, oh no, you can't see my hands, guys. But can like, you undo it. Like, can so you stick them in cold water? I googled and I was like, how do you restretch Rothy's? Like, these are a hundred plus dollar shoes. Like, what the heck? And so, someone was like, you have to buy the shoe stretcher. So I had to spend twenty dollars instead of one hundred and fifty dollars on a new pair of shoes. So I bought the stretcher, and you put the stretcher in the shoe and then you pour boiling hot water over it, like to loosen it up and then let it sit in the stretcher for like two days. And it worked like it worked. And so they're not like, they're still comfortable. Like they were impossible to wear before. Like I could put my foot in them, but like my foot started to like kind of curve up, which hurt. So now I can wear them totally fine. No problem. They're not perfectly like because comparing my new flats with these I'm like oh yeah they're still a little like so I think I might do it again but when I bought the new Rothy's they came with like a pretty sturdy cardboard insert to keep the flat like holding its shape and so I took them out of my new ones and I put them in my old ones so I'm just hoping like maybe I just have to store those in the little holder for a while. I have now lived in my house long enough that I am considering like dust boxes for some of my shoes. Yeah. Which I'm like, that sounds so ridiculous, but yeah, my closet gets really dusty. That's weird. And I don't know. I don't know why, but there's some shoes where I'm like, Oh, I clearly haven't worn you since last, last winter or whatever. And they're just taped. And I'm like, like, I feel like this needs to be in something, but I can't imagine boxing everything. Cause in some cases, because I am a bargain shoe shopper, in some cases it would be me putting it in a box that costs as much as the shoes uh-huh. inside of it, yeah. which just yeah. feels goofy. Because, yeah, if I got any boxes, I would have to get clear boxes or yes. I wouldn't know what. I know. I would never. I could never. I'm out of sight, out of my in person. Mm-hmm. So even if it's too far down on the shelf, I won't. Oh, yeah. 100%. Them. 100%. Well, so I don't have reviews for two of these other things, but I just want to list them for you. I caved and I bought the electric grinder, salt and pepper grinder that lights up that you've seen on TikTok. At least I have seen it. My mom, she is, well, actually I need to give kudos to my grandmother because she was like early to the salt and pepper electric grinder. I remember her having one when I was in high school. So this would have been going on way too many years ago. <laughs> but do you like it? Have you used it well, yet? Well, we haven't gotten to use it yet. Our salt and pepper come today. I ordered peppercorns and Himalayan salt chunks. We've had just like, I love like the wooden dishes of like salt and pepper, Yeah, but I haven't had cracked pepper in a long time because, so I have the wrist strength of like an infant. 
And so I couldn't turn it anymore. So I had to get rid of our salt and pepper grinders from like our wedding. Cause I mean, I still have them, but like we just, Girl, you need them. wrist PT if you can't turn a oh, pepper grinder. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. I do get PT. Yes. <laughs> and so I saw the electric grinders and I was like, oh, that's cool. But we went out to Jack Stack for my birthday dinner with my parents last week and I got a baked potato or whatever. And they had a fresh pepper grinder at the table. And so I had Brian grind me some pepper on my baked potato. And it was just so good. Like freshly ground black pepper is one of my favorite tastes ever. So I was like, immediately I'm going to go buy these because yeah, I it's totally different. It's taste. totally different. It's yeah. not even remotely the same. It's, totally it's not the same. Yeah. So I'll let you know if I like them. Well, this last thing that I bought that I don't have a review yet for that I'm surprised you didn't immediately text me when you saw it pop up in our Amazon account. I caved and bought the fake sheer fleece leggings. Okay. Actually, I was not in a place to immediately text you, but I wanted to immediately text you and I hadn't. So TikTok obviously has been sharing them everywhere, but they look like tights that are sheer sheerish, mm-hmm. but they're fleece lined and I very specifically looked immediately after I saw them but finding they're mostly just like small medium large and it's very unclear if they fit plus size booties and so yeah. I've tried to look and I just need to like break down and buy a pair and just see because there's no I can't find any reviews that indicate they'll fit a size 18 or whatever. And so anyway, you'll have to let me know how they are because I come this week. And so hopefully I'll get to wear them soon and I will report back to you. all. Well, I'm excited for you. Mm -hmm. I I can't wait. I similarly, I decided to pull the trigger on these. I got Jared's like, why did you buy sweatpants from Etsy? And I was like, sweatpants from Etsy. I didn't buy sweatpants from Etsy. And then I was like, oh, I did buy sweatpants from TikTok. And they're the same. I don't know how to explain it. When I say fleece line, they're like fuzzy fleece, not like the fleece, like a blanket fleece. fleece. Yeah. But they're fleece line in the same way those tights are sweatpants. Mm -hmm. But they were only $5 a piece. (laughs) So I got three pairs and I was like, <laughs> I honestly, they could be total shit. And it was like worth the gamble to me. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. They have like a month lead time. So I was like, I'm imagining okay. they're yeah. shipping from overseas. So we'll see what happens. But I wanted to go back to the salt and pepper grinder thing for a second, because for those of you, I know I mentioned occasionally that our grandmother lives with us full time, but since she's come home from rehab, I have thought at nauseam about accessibility and i think an electric salt and pepper grinder is is a great example of something that doesn't sound like an accessibility feature but absolutely is but i am so noticing all the things that are not designed for accessibility specifically in the weight category like i they're cups, plates, silverware, towels, blankets. Like there's so many things that watching her try to use a quote unquote normal version of is really sad to watch. Well, I'm going to be just like her very, since I have zero wrist strength, it's a problem. And I do like my mom's a physical therapist. And so she has definitely worked on me before. She also has wrist problems. So like, it just is what it is, but there are like 
like I'll be at the store and I'll see this super cute coffee mug, but I have to literally pick it up first. And if it's too heavy to pick up empty, I know that I won't be able to pick it up with coffee in it. Or there's plate like dinner plates that I'm like, I can't, whenever we're at restaurants, if I need to like get my stuff to go, like Brian comes around the table and like picks up the plate, scoops it out for me because I can't even pick it up. Yeah. No, it's crazy. So if I could collaborate, because I don't necessarily want to run the company, but I have, (laughs) I have, what do you mean? A thousand ideas. And when I've already have other accessibility, like things specifically in the furniture category that I'm interested in developing, but everyday household items that look and feel like a nice permanent version of the thing, but developing the lighter version, um, Because the poor woman, I feel bad. She's like using camping coffee cups at this point because they're the lightest coffee cups we can find. And they're thin plastic. They do. They do. So some of them like to get them lighter, you change safety features on them. And so it's like, ah, and I... I don't know. She's at the point where she doesn't really care if it's aesthetically pleasing. But some of these people, like you and I, as a good example, 30 years from now, (laughs) if I need a light coffee mug, I don't want it to be ugly. Like I still want it to be anyway. So if anyone wants to develop accessibility, Mm -hmm. accessible home decor and furniture items, hit a girl up. Mm -hmm. I have so many ideas. Yeah. We could make a killing. That tangent goes specifically well into what we're going to talk about today. Great. So I was scrolling TikTok as per use and, you know, my for you page is very specific and I got shown this video from someone who is in the space of like talking about your creative muscle and how to be more creative and research around creativity. And I am obsessed with the word creative in general, being creative. What does creative mean to you versus to me versus to, you know, my husband, whatever. Right. And it is the hill that I will die on that all of us are creative, even if you aren't an artist and we need to start to wrap our heads around like, what creativity actually means so that we don't shut it down. But specifically, this video that I saw was about some research that was done. And we've all heard the thing, right? We're like, kids are more creative than adults. And then as you grow up, like you lose that spark or imagination or whatever, right? Well, this whole account, this woman's business is around like how you can actually flex that creative muscle and get it back. And so I want to talk about that today. So let me share the study with you. And then I kind of want to just hear of like, before I go into all of it, like what does creative mean to you? Okay. So 98% of five-year-olds who were tested were found to be creative. Those same five-year-olds five years later. So when they're 10 years old, only 30% were found to be creative. And then those same group of kiddos five years later, when they're 15, only 12% of them tested as creative. And then the researchers tested 280,000 adults who were over 25 and found that less than 2% of them are creative. This broke my heart. Oh my God. I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. so sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's just such an illustration of that it's in our DNA to be yes. creative people and yes. we're losing 
access to such an imperative part of our brain and yes. our ability. Yeah. Okay. So before I give my lecture about all of this, what does creativity mean to you? So I kind of struggle with how to put boundaries on it because I think the beautiful thing about creativity is that it, it is one of those few things in our lives that is kind of boundless and that it it doesn't have to have specific structure around it. And I think it can show up in so many different ways for different people. Like even if someone finds themselves to be more logical minded or more mathematical or whatever, they may consider being creative, coming up with creative solutions to solve a problem. And they're flexing it by you know, trying to think outside of the box in a lot of ways. I think other people get really into it feeling like an extension outside of their norm. And so to be creative, they have to be doing something that isn't part of their everyday. And so they feel this necessity for it to be a hobby or something that they have to intentionally go about doing. But to me, creativity can and should show up every day in your life. And, and sometimes it's going to show up in small ways and in big ways. But I know for me, staying in touch with it has been imperative to the growth of this company. And I have at times felt distant from it and had to work intentionally to work on quote unquote, getting it back, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like your own mojo or your yeah. own mood or yeah. whatever. But I have a hard time putting a definition on it exactly. Well, I think that this will help because I did some digging to get words because very similarly to you, I had, it's one of those things where I was like, I know it when I see it and you know, it's not there when you see that it's not there. Like it's really hard to right. put into words, but I got the feeling and this very quick Google research proved me right. That a lot of us assume that the word creative or to be creative is really rooted in the artistic work or, and from the right. artistic perspective. And I don't and think I it do has to be at all. That it is. Yeah, I do no. not believe that it is. So when you Google literally the word creative, the definition of the word creative, you're going to be reaffirmed that it's only in the artistic standpoint, because as an adjective, it's used to relating to or involving the imagination of original ideas. Okay. Maybe, especially in the production of artistic work. And I just feel like that puts a very narrow box around no, what creative actually narrow. means. So then I did a little bit more research and I love this definition better that someone, I don't even know who this person is. They wrote it on a blog post in 2015 and the way that they broke it down is how I picture the word creative. And I really encourage a new definition for this word to be put out there. So this is what makes someone creative. And there's one, two, three, four different factors that they broke down. Originality and imagination. So unusual, unique, novel ideas. I think that's one factor. Elaboration, the ability to explain ideas in detail. Flexibility, the ability to generate multiple solutions, be curious, resistance to closure. And complexity, detail and implications of those ideas, recognitions of patterns, similarities, and differences. And to me, I think critical thinking is oh, yeah. more in line with creativity than yeah. art is more in line with creativity. Want to learn exactly step-by-step -step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? 
I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, art is creative, but creative isn't art. Isn't art. <laughs> right, right. It's like saying a rectangle can be a square. Like it's related, but it's not the thing. It is right. not the definition of art I, is a way to be creative, but creativity doesn't equal art. Like it just Well, and I know that this is absolutely why people as they age feel less tied to it, unfortunately. Yeah. And I remember as a kid being, and still to this day, being so frustrated with my mom who just would continuously say that she's 
not creative. She's not artistic. And she would say that again and again and again. They're not mutually exclusive. And I'm like, one, they're not the same. Two, you are literally, unfortunately, holding on to Mm -hmm. a side comment that a teacher or an adult made uh-huh. in your youth that is making you assume that you cannot explore all of these uh-huh. things that you clearly have an interest in, but you won't go down. Like I remember uh-huh. she took like two scrapbook classes and two quilting classes and then like immediately would say, I'm not creative. I'm not artistic. Yep. And I'm just yep. like, no, like, Woman. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was watching, this just reminded me a couple months ago, I was watching some stories from someone I follow on Instagram. And she, I think she was kind of having the conversation about creativity. It wasn't necessarily from the same lens, but the examples that she gave and she kind of broke down how the things that she's good at, she's an interior designer. She's very talented. She mixes colors and patterns and designs spaces and her wardrobe and her aesthetic and like all of that, right? She's artistically creative in the traditional sense that you could imagine, right? Because it's textiles, it's color, it's pattern, it's fabrics, it's all of the things. Her wife, however would probably say she's not creative, but she can tackle building an Ikea piece of furniture like that. And that's how Brian is too. But Shavonda, who's the more quote unquote creative person, cannot, like does not sit and build anything from Ikea. Hates it, hates the process, doesn't understand why the directions are laid in the way that they are, doesn't want to do it. And I'm very, very similar. So she kind of had the conversation of like logical creativeness And then like fluid creativeness. And it was just really interesting of having the conversation of like, I could, me, I could sit here and like reimagine a room and sketch out the details and pick out the pieces that I know is going to make it feel and look a certain way. Brian could literally never, but he can assemble all the furniture that's inside. Well, and that's the part that I wish we could unlearn as a society is one, I am of the camp that everyone has access to both. 100%. Everyone has access to both and they just continually self-talk themselves into believing that they can't be the other version of quote creative. And on top of that, I absolutely think that we need to stop like demonizing one or the other like 100%. if we continue to have this like left brain right brain conversation we keep forgetting that we're a whole freaking person uh-huh. and being more logical minded is just your ability to sort through the creative noise to yes. to see and systemize pieces and put them together in a creative way. And And that is literally being creative. It's seeing patterns. It's finding the solution to how a diagram is laid out. It's reading between the lines of the details, like everything. Yeah. I wish we could work on how to bring this back because I see, you know, I have some ideas. Great. Because (laughs) I know, I think it's so sad you know, for many people, the only time it'll show up is when they're in early childhood in school, because your teacher will walk you through exercises that really try to pull on all of those things. And developmentally, 
we're so aware at five and six years old that there's certain things you should be doing and accomplishing to help you stay there. And then on the far other end of the spectrum, if you look at elder care and specifically dementia patients, regardless of their severity, so much of the treatment for dementia and like literally keeping your brain healthy and alive is exploring yes. creatively. Yes. And it's mind work. It's crossword puzzles and yes. coloring and puzzles, quizzes and maps and mm-hmm. all of those things. And like, yep. it literally will keep your brain alive as you age. But there's this massive gap in the middle that yep. we need to work on because I don't want you to be right. Well, and other end someday. If, if we do not do the work to rework this definition for ourselves and not spend the time and energy and effort needed to flex this muscle and to strengthen this muscle, that's not just that is at risk, but like us being like amazing contributors to society and coming up with really cool solutions and problems and ideas, all of that is at risk if we're just like, oh, I'm not an artist, so I'm not creative. And that it's like, it's hurting you. It's hurting Mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's a couple ideas I have. Of course, off the top, the very traditional ideas that you've heard a thousand times that kind of honestly make me want to roll my eyes because I'm like, I've heard it, but it's just specifically not helpful for me. So if it's helpful for you, but then I have one brand new idea that I think will be a really fun exercise. Okay. So typical, here's how to flex your creative muscle, et cetera. Journal, Obviously, everyone has said that. Here's my beef with journaling. I, okay, I have first a beef of all, before too. I get into my beef with journaling, the whole concept of these is that if we spend 10 minutes a day, that's literally it, 10 minutes a day flexing our creative muscle intentionally, you can strengthen this skill set. It is not something that's gone forever. I'm not saying you're going to all of a sudden be a world renowned artist. And like be able to like do all these things. That is not the goal. We're not pursuing art. We're pursuing flexing the creative muscle. Those are different things. Okay. Journaling. It's not helpful for me. Is it helpful for you? It depends on the goal of it, but most of the time not, you know, but my version of journaling in a lot of ways is writing a caption I really thought about on social media. So I mean, it depends on the day and the, I guess. Journaling in the traditional sense. But so journaling like, in the traditional sense, I, well, part of it is literally that my hand cramps so bad that I'm oh, yeah, like I in pain I and I don't even want to do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, my thing, I just, I but can't no, get Nothing of, against it. You guys, no, if you're oh, yeah, creative, you do, you do. amazing. I think I can't get out of my Enneagram three when it comes to journaling. Oh yeah. Trying because, to be too perfect about it. Yeah. Because it's my job. Like I do it every single day for work and I'm writing a book. So in my brain, I'm like, if I'm going to spend time writing words, they need to be words that are helpful sure. for me and these, you know, so I'm just like, I'm not going to do it. I start criticizing the wrong thing of like, is this a message that is going to help someone or, oh, or I get yeah. caught in the, yeah. the, my handwriting's terrible and I can't see past yes, my own handwriting yes, to like yes, enjoy same, same. the process of processing. Right. No, I hate it. Okay. So maybe this one will work better. Okay. Create a playlist. So at first I was like, that's interesting, but I actually love creating playlists and I've done it for like different events here at BP. We have them for here. So like weekend relaxing playlists or poppy playlists or like my favorite Taylor Swift songs in a playlist or whatever it might be. And I was like, 
remembering how I was feeling while I was creating that. And it was really fun and like exciting and challenging. And like, you go seek all the things and yeah. So create a playlist. Okay. Okay. Okay, But here's the best one. We're not going to do it right now because we're not going to set a timer for 10 minutes and do it. But I would love for you to do it some point like this week or something and tell me how it went for you. Okay. So this idea came from a creator on TikTok. You can find her at passionland.co. Okay. So her concept is create a genie room. It's the exercise of doing a genie room. So the concept is imagine a genie visits you and grants you a wish, but it's a very specific wish. The genie is going to add a 20 by 20 foot room. That's entirely yours to your house, in your yard, in your vicinity. You have unlimited budget. You can do whatever you want with this room. You just have to confine it to the 20 by 20 foot space. So the question is, is, by the way, which is huge. So the question is, what do you do with it? But what are the details? What color are the walls? What materials do you use? What's inside? Who comes inside? What does it smell like? What does it sound like? What activities go on in there? Everything. Set a timer for 10 minutes and let your brain play. That's Mm. it. Mm. How cool is that? It is cool. And I definitely think this is why... I feel so much better in my new house. I know I've only been here two years, but one very intentional piece of living here that I set out to do because, you know, with the pandemic and then taking in our grandmother, like I knew I wasn't going to be leaving anytime Mm -hmm. soon. And so it was really important to me that my home felt like I was always on vacation. Not that like I need to always be on vacation, but I wanted it to be a place that was relaxing and filled me up. And like, so creating these moments of like, I can just sit here and absorb Mm -hmm. sunshine, or Mm -hmm. I can sit here and see plants and things that, you know, bring me joy on all that. And so part of it, I want you to take it a step further. And sure, imagine what the space looks like, but then think about, okay, maybe you can't have the full she shed in the backyard with all the things (laughs) you just imagine. But can you take a concept from that exercise and immediately incorporate it into your home? And and I will be clear, you can do that part of the next phase of it if you want. This isn't about manifesting, though. This is about flexing your creative muscle. That's true. That's true. How detailed can you be in your genie room? I don't give a shit if it has outer space in it. Like, it can Uh. never exist in the whole world. And I don't want us to put the pressure on that. Because this is literally just your creative muscle coming up with brilliant ideas. Yeah. Well, I will say, if you want other exercises, I know this sounds goofy, but I think so much of what helped my healing process after my traumatic brain injury was the like actual physical work I did to heal my brain. And I encourage you, if you're just like, looking for ideas, because so much of it is about mapping, you have to create the pathways to connect to other areas and to other ways of thinking. And search cognitive therapy exercises, cognitive therapy games. And first of all, there's a ton you can put on your phone. If you just want like a game that's not soul sucking, but actually working on your brain, there's things for that. But also like stop discounting the little things that you're doing in the moments and gaps because they can be really beneficial. Like everyone's obsession with Wordle, like do Do it. 
That is oh, so great that. for you. <laughs> Truly. Yep. Like, yep. Don't, don't keep saying, oh, it's just a game. And it's like, no, well, some of these games are really important. Yeah. I think it was, was it Adam Grant? One of the like researcher statistic peoples that I follow on Instagram shared some feed posts recently about research from gaming and children who spend time gaming. And I think for many years, there was like perception that like, is gaming harmful? Are certain games harmful to children's mentality? Are they wasting their time? Is it the same as screen time? Is it the same as watching a show or a movie or whatever? And like, I think it's all, it's very important to be mindful about screen time in general and the effects of things, especially with our kiddos. The study though was like, no, there is actually, and, and I'm not sure what type of gaming. That sure. They absolutely. So I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, all games are good. That's not what I'm saying, but they're basically like, the time spent doing some of the games that kiddos play, like it has no harm and it is flexing that different creative muscle to what they're doing. And like taking a, a pause and playing a game for a little bit and coming back to an activity like resets your brain and like all of these different benefits for having gaming in our lives. And I found it really interesting. Yeah, I definitely think that playing Sims and Roller Coaster Tycoon I had a direct effect. Love Sims and Roller Coaster Tycoon. I, Did I, had, you I, re- I bought it recently. I believe you. I was <laughs> like, I just feel like building a house. Like, I, I know. It's so to say that it didn't have any influence on me becoming a designer is, oh, would be oh. <laughs> so like it did. It absolutely did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Here it is. I just wanted to find this. So, It was Adam Grant. So the post is, instead of telling kids not to play video games, adults should play too. Compared to kids who don't play, those who play three hours a day, which like, that's a long time to me. Those who play three hours a day have better working memory and impulse control. Experiments show cognitive benefits for adults too. Video games are a form of exercise for the brain. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I definitely think you can curate what that looks like for your children. And so here's this one, because he followed it up because there was a bunch of comments, negative comments about that. So this last one is, rumors of the dangers of video games are vastly exaggerated. 101 studies, 106,000 kids and teens, video games have negligible impact on grades, depression, attention, and aggression. Only 3.1% show problematic behaviors, which are more likely symptoms of mental health issues than causes. That was super reassuring to me as a parent, because I feel like, especially with everything digital, there's a vast landscape of like our non-negotiables and like the dangers of like, what are we letting our kiddos do and have access to and how is it impacting them? And there's just, there's additional things now instead of less things. And it was so funny the other day, Penny was, she was watching a show on the iPad because I was doing her hair and there was something with the volume button that we couldn't figure out. And she was like, oh, can you help me get it out of the case? It's too hard for me. And I was like, yeah, of course, because, you know, popping the iPad out of the case is pretty difficult. And she goes, you know, it's just hard because I think like my hands are so small and it's it's like you have to pull really hard. She was, was it hard for you when you were a kid trying to get the iPad out of the case? And I said, oh, baby, you know, we didn't have these when I was a kid. And she was like, so what did you do? <laughs> what? (laughs) And she's not an iPad kid. She doesn't have her own iPad. She literally only watches it when I do her hair, but it's just this, well, I guess now they work on them at school, but I'm like, oh, that's so funny. (laughs) 
the self-discovery kids will go through about how different life was. And the more I think about even just our own lifetimes, I'm like, oh my, oh my, it's a lot. It's a lot has changed. A lot has shifted and we can take for granted like the current world we live in. But to think, you know, when we were children, there was no high speed internet. There was no Google. There was no chat. Like chat came about when we were in high school. And part of the reasons we're all terrified, I'm assuming for you as an adult, is because of the things we saw in high school. (laughs) But but that was because it was not monitored. Like chat rooms A still exist. Oh, and chat rooms aren't the only like problem out there. I could have a whole conversation about internet access for kiddos. And that is a conversation for another day. Yeah. So we're talking about creativity. So (laughs) I just want to get back to, I would imagine that a lot of you listening do identify as a creative person because I do think that's who we talk to primarily, but I'm imagining you also have a spouse or a parent in your life that may feel to touch with this or may not consider themselves in that camp. And you know, I honestly think it's part of our duty as human beings who identify as creative to help those around us come back to that in some way yep. and even find out like what that is for them. So I think it's really easy to try to put everyone in a box of like, you know, you can only show up creative by exploring this one type of hobby or, or whatever. But like me really identifying how other people I care about genuinely can show up creatively and what fuels them has been so helpful for me because, you know, I used to beat myself up about not helping quote unquote enough in the yard. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I've over time begun to understand that my husband literally getting his hands in the dirt is his form of therapy. Right. And like, it is him flexing his creative muscles and me not being there every second is actually really good for him. Like he needs that alone time. And so like, what does that look like for other people you love and care about? And How can you give them the space and the time and the support to pursue those things? Well, and if you need to start with just letting your partner or someone close to you realize that they are creative, I have one more activity for you. So again, from passionland.co, she built this free creative creativity test. And it takes 10 minutes. It's an assessment. It uses research backed activities to gauge your level of creativeness. And there's three levels where it's low creative, medium creative, high creative. And based on how many points you score, you fall into a certain bucket. And it's a no pressure. Even if you scored low, you can clearly see that there are activities that can increase that muscle and you can retest again in six months, a year. And I'm sure you will do amazing. One thing that I found really, because I took the test, And I'll tell you what I scored here in a second. So I found knowing going into it that artistic skill set is not going to be the end all be all for this test. And what's really, really funny is that while I find myself creative, definitely on the more artistic side, writer, I can, you know, picture colors and moods and design more that end of the spectrum. I love baking and cooking and using recipes in my own ways and coming up with my own ideas, all of that. My critical thinking skills or pattern seeking skills for problem solving are an area I want to strengthen. And it's a weakness of mine in the creative space, right? But my husband's 
is super high. He's very good at it. So I'm going to have him take the test and I guarantee you he will score higher than me, which I think will be very funny in my quest of being like, no, babe, you are creative because there's an entire section. The bulk of the test is spent on an activity where you see three words. They're all connected in some way. And you have to come up with the fourth word that brings them all together. That if you use this word with all three of the words, it would make a new word. It would make sense. And so I did not do well on that part of the section. There were like three pages of them and you set a timer for five minutes and you just try to come up with as many as you can. And I was like stumped. Like my brain was stumped. I got a chunk of them. And then I was like, I literally like what? And of course, as soon as you see the answer, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But my brain just like couldn't think outside the box for a second. So I scored enough to be medium creative, which I feel pretty good about because I did not anticipate to be high like at all. But I honestly think if I gave that test to Brian, I think he would still score in the medium because like the range is so big, but he would definitely get way more of the critical thinking section than I did. So you guys can go find that, uh, go find her TikTok or whatever. I can't remember what her website is, but it's free. You just give your email and you can take the test. I think it's really cool. And to me, it shows you that creativity truly is way more than just like, can you draw something really lovely or can you paint or can you do this? And It was a good reminder, at least. So have fun flexing those muscles. Go take the test. Let me know what you got. And if you have specific like daily 10-minute activities that you do that are not journaling, (laughs) that you feel like help with your creativity, truly, I would love to hear them because I'm exploring options of flexing my muscle as well. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.